Welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast, where we discuss all things real estate, personal finance, investing, entrepreneurship, and the many ways to achieve financial independence. We interview accomplished investors and entrepreneurs with the goal that their stories inspire you to take control of your financial future. Here to get your creative juices flowing while also documenting their own personal investing journeys are your hosts, Corey Jacobson and Ryan Bevilacqua. Welcome back to the Weekly Juice. As always, it's your boys, Ryan and Corey here with another episode. Selfishly, today I think was one of my all-time favorite episodes. We had two amazing real estate investors on the show, Kamahai and Tristan Kamala. They're based out of Hawaii. They We were made, screaming into the mic. So. I, I like, yeah, I probably talked way too fast, way too much energy, but it'll fuel you all the way through. These two are a couple of real estate investors, as I mentioned, real estate investors out, out of Hawaii. And um, they are uh, fix and flippers. That's their their number one thing. They do about 30 flips a year. They have a portfolio of about 30 units based in Hawaii and then also Jacksonville, Florida. So um, we have been connected with them on social media for the last, I'd say like two or three years. They've been in the real estate game for just about six years. And beforehand, um, they kind of talked about their previous- Both entrepreneurs. Two yeah. entrepreneurs, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll let you kind of take it away from here. But uh, for us, I would think the energy on this level on this episode outmatches pretty much any other episode. Yeah, we it was a mindset shifting type of episode. We kind of like we like problem solved in our own businesses throughout the episode too, which I think is really valuable for people listening because we're like you, there's definitely people that are going through similar situations that we are that might want to hear like we worked it out almost like a workshop in the episode. But also I thought it was really interesting how they have this this portfolio or this flipping business they're doing one of the big they're one of the biggest flippers in Hawaii and they're doing it there, but then they put their passive income from the active income that they make there into Jacksonville, Florida, where they've created a relationship of operational people on the ground that could not be further away from Hawaii. So they, they've used the power of social media to build a funnel to get people to invest with them in private with private money and hard money, and they create this relationship. I think they have, and I'm saying this for a reason, they have under 10,000 followers, I think close to 10,000, but the people that follow them are very, very tight knit and they love them and they've been able to raise all this capital. I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars based on having this tight knit community and following. And that is what I want people to take away from the episode too, is like Ryan and I, we've always tried to grow our podcast. We've always tried to grow our Instagram and it's, we want to touch more people, but we want to make the most amount of impact on the few amount of people, right? So if we have a hundred thousand followers, which we probably will at some point, we want to make sure that our impact on them is, is, enough and we're not just grazing over a hundred thousand people and they're able to have a business that is bigger than our business with one third of the amount of people that are listening to them so i i just i wanted to point that out there is that like they community was like a really big theme in this episode yeah we talked about the like organically building your following and in your community right and it just how how many people they're able to impact on a daily basis they talk about how they go they get on specific calls with people, they raise capital, they educate them, and then they have this whole system. They teach people how to grow their wealth through real estate and they allow them to invest with them. Yeah. It's an amazing strategy. Um, we talked about so many different strategic business systems you can put into place. And uh, I just think 
we vibed very well with these guys. We could easily hang out with them and talk for hours outside the podcast. We almost did. We, we dragged this one kind of long. And you could feel it through the episode. You could feel the vibe, which I think makes people hopefully want to listen to it longer. At one point, Rye almost drove his head through the brick wall behind us. So it was uh, it was exciting. I was excited. We were feeling the vibes. Yeah, we almost we pretty much have a, a trip booked to Hawaii for next spring. Yes, listen to the wait to the end of the episode. Or actually, that's probably not even in the episode, but we're going to Hawaii. So <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, but I, I will say for everyone, you there, we almost have like a couple like Hawaiian themed episodes. And I mean this by like real estate investors out in Hawaii. These people are just so kind and giving and willing to share. And just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the culture out there, but it's just, it's for me, I just feel like I'm so energized and, and could be awake for four days now just going to study real estate after talking to these people. Um, Hopefully y'all stay awake for four days too after listening to this episode. Want to bring them in? Let's do it. Kamahaya, Tristan, officially welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast. We are thrilled to have you on the show. And I would say after a couple of years of following each other on social media, it is long overdue to finally get acquainted. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. You guys were, yeah, super excited. We've been following you guys for a long time. This is an honor for us. And yeah, we hope you can add some value. Yeah. Thanks. Well, we're excited. We know you definitely can. We see you've done some very big things out there in Hawaii, the real estate investing world. And uh, we're excited to share your story. So I think let's start probably from the top. Maybe take us through what you guys did before real estate investing and then how you got introduced to it. Maybe you've done it full time the entire time, but we'd love to hear your story and like walk us through kind of how you built your portfolio. Dude, I love that, that question. Everyone's always like, how did you get into real estate? Never. What did you do before real estate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you want to go first? Yeah. So man, uh, my brother and I were always into like the action sports world. Um, we had a group of friends. I, I skateboarded. I was a sponsored skateboarder um, growing up and we rollerbladed. We surfed obviously because we're in Hawaii. Uh, but we had a, a core group of guys and we used to like print silkscreen t-shirts and sell them. Um, so we're into like branding from a very young age. Uh, and so about 15 years ago, my brother and I started a company. Uh, it was called Aloha Sunday. It transitioned into Aloha Beach Club. And we had three retail stores. So I was, I've always been entrepreneurial. She'll share her side, very entrepreneurial, which is interesting because my dad was a hardcore W2 guy. And he, that's, that's all I remember growing up. So it's all that I, I really had an example for. Um, but for some reason, there was something in me that like, didn't want to do what he did. You know what I mean? So we started the three stores. Um, one was in San Diego. My brother lived in San Diego. And I we opened a store in Kailua, our hometown here, and then Ala Moana Shopping Center. So we ran those stores for 15 years. Yeah. Um, the thing about brick and mortar is it's very, very, very difficult. Um, and over those years, it started getting phased out because everything was going online. Uh, and so we always made a living, but we didn't make a ton of money. It wasn't profitable. It wasn't profitable. It was it was like passion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you love doing something. You're doing it because you love it. You can scrape by kind of a thing. Uh, and so I met my beautiful wife and we had our first child and she looked at me and she's like, hey, you got to stop playing around. We got to make money. It's time, to get, baby. time to get a real time to get a real job. Um, and so I actually closed the shops down and went back to college. 
Uh, I got my degree in economics and political science, and I was going to take my LSAT. I was going to, I was going to try and become a lawyer. Um, and my wife heard a commercial on TV and it was for flipping houses in Hawaii with none of your own money. Uh, and I was very, very skeptical, but she pulled me and dragged me into this seminar and something unlocked in my brain and everything changed. So that's kind of um, where we got there. And then I can, she can share her side. Sure. Yeah. So my background is entrepreneurial as well. Before real estate, I was not in action sports. I was a gymnast, but I, I quickly got injured and stopped. But I went straight into school, straight from high school, straight into college, straight into grad school. So I ended up getting uh, my master's degree in behavioral health counseling, counseling psychology. So I got licensed as a mental health counselor and certified substance abuse counselor. And I went into the nonprofit sector. Um, I met my best friend and business partner in grad school, and we ended up having the opportunity to take over a nonprofit, a 501c3. So that's my path. I worked for my mom straight out of college in um, her substance abuse treatment center. Then I helped my dad in his counseling nonprofit, and then I ended up taking over a nonprofit and went into business for myself. And I did that for a long time. And Nonprofit is a passion, just like his was a passion. It's nonprofit. And to live in Hawaii, our cost of living is super expensive. And I know that I wanted more. We needed more. I wanted a certain lifestyle for our children. And I think real estate was always in our family because I saw my grandparents have a certain number of real estate from her father and what that did for their family, which is my family. And I saw my dad, you know, get his license and, um, get our house and then get a commercial property and they always took it to a certain level but then they stopped and I was like all these people that are successful that I know of are all connected somehow to real estate so I got to figure out what that is and how we can do it and then I saw that um commercial on tv and the rest was history yeah it's it's interesting too because I mentioned my dad real quick and this is just a, a little subconscious thing that I think was embedded in my brain um, my dad, dirt poor, there was 11, 11 of them in Kailua. They grew up in a 900 square foot house. And so my dad wanted to give us everything that he didn't have. And the only thing that he knew how to do was to go get educated because that's what society tells you to do. Right. And he worked his way up from a bank teller to the executive senior vice president of First Hawaiian Bank. So along that way, he used to take us out to all of these um, galas and black tie dinners. Um, and I was this young kid. I'm sitting around these tables with all these super successful guys, business guys in Hawaii. And I would just ask questions. I was a very I've always been a very inquisitive person. I, I love people. I love talking to people. I want to know what you're doing and how you got there. So. I was asking them all these questions and the one common denominator was that every single one of them was directly or indirectly in real estate. Yep. And so I think all of these things subconsciously in my brain, once we went to that seminar and I saw a local person that looked like me with my color skin up on stage saying that he's flipping houses here, I was like, dude, 
I can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what I think is super awesome about your story, and I think Ryan and I are on the the other side of this, is that you bought in together to this, and you both wanted it. So sometimes in relationships that may, like that having two people that are like entrepreneurs and go-getters, like that may not work out. So it's awesome that it worked out for you. My, our situations, uh, Rise Married, I have a girlfriend, they're like, they're, you know, unbelievably supportive, but doesn't want anything to do with real estate. Like mm-hmm. definitely yeah. both of them are like, do your thing. Like, let us know how it goes. I will support you in any possible way I can. And and they both do that. But it's, but I I find it commendable that you're working together. You both saw the the light at the same time or around the same time. And, and you're able to, to move through that together. I think it's cool. Well, yeah, the synergy, every single, well, it probably is hard to separate work from normal conversations now because you're so motivated <laughs> with, with real estate and you know it's the lane, right? But I think that's how Corey and I found each other for for this too, right? We're like, it is so much more exciting to go in this game with someone else and have someone to, like a sounding board to bounce ideas off of and share the highs, share the lows and try to try to keep each other balanced out because if you're both low, it's not a, not a great day. No. But Yeah, uh, totally. I think your backgrounds are badass. I, I love that you were in the action sports. You did some brick and mortar stores and then you were in the nonprofit sector. And then somehow, it, you know, your paths crossed, but then you decided real estate was the main goal. I think we left off in the story where you were going to become a lawyer. Then you went to this, this seminar, right? That your wife drive you to. Yeah. Um, can you talk about the next stage from there? Like people get wrapped up in, they get excited, right? They're like, okay, I went to a seminar. I went on a podcast or I listened to a podcast. I read a book. Now what? Like they have all the information, but yeah. how did you guys take the info that you learned and put it into real life and start playing Monopoly? Well, before that, thank you. Cause it is, I think it's a blessing to be able to work with your spouse and have that synergy and have fun together and have the same passion. But that shit ain't easy, man. Like we, <laughs> the first couple of years were really rough, especially because you have two alphas, you have two entrepreneurs that did things their way and ran their own businesses. So coming together was really, really hard. But it wasn't until we read the book Rocket Fuel and learned about the integrator and the visionary and who was who and how our roles would work together in this business together is where the magic truly started happening. So thank you for that. But it's hard work. <laughs> so, well, well, I guess we'll pause there, too. So, yes, I can imagine it's very hard work. Let's let's go to the book Rocket Fuel because we talk about it. Sometimes it's hard when you realize you're both visionaries, or you're both integrators. Did you did one of you have to take off the hat and put on the integrator hat versus there you go. I knew it, sometimes it's sort nothing gets done. You get excited yeah. to talk about things, but you don't do anything. So yeah, maybe you could talk to no how implementate. On that scale, I fall smack dab in the middle. And maybe more towards the visionary, but I've ha- I have integrator qualities. I can do those things. He has zero, none. So I'm like, all right, well, you obviously have to just be visionary and I will take on that role. But I think it was more of a challenge for me to take off the visionary hat. It was hard, but I'm totally cool with being in that hat now. (laughs) I I actually thrive in it. (laughs) Yeah, well, she's super, super good at it. It was like out of necessity, right? Like she said, I just didn't have any of those integrator quality, nor did I find any joy in any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, although she didn't have like an immense passion and joy for it, she was actually really good at it, right? And then as we've grown, we've hired the things out that she doesn't like to do. Exactly. You know what I mean? So we filled those spots yeah. so she can live more in her passion. I've just hired little integrators all around me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It would be, there's VAs, there's people that have 
probably followed your story and they just like, hey, I want to be involved somehow. Teach me. And then mm-hmm. eventually I'll come to your level. There's so many ways about it. I think he and I go through that too. And we're still like navigating through who does what because as young entrepreneurs, you guys know this too. It's like sometimes you have to wear the hat you don't want to wear. Even if you're not an yeah. integrator, like for example, like, you know, you're full visionary, but some days it sucks. You just got, you got to do it. You got to implement yep. it. He's saying this directly to me. I'm, I'm, this is the, yeah, I am. he is because I am a visionary and he's a visionary as well, but more of an integrator and I do less integrating. And I think he's secretly trying to tell I'm me. I'm saying something. I don't want to do all the integrating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tapping you in. I'm tapping out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think there's so think... much research behind it. And it's like, uh-huh. you're like, oh, I come up with this idea and like, here, okay, here's the steps we got to do to it. And he's like, well, well, there's a couple other ones out there. I'm like, no, dude, I just spent 14 hours on YouTube <laughs> figuring out. We got to rock with this one. He he always just says, all right, let's do what you want to do. But mm-hmm. I think there are things where sometimes you need multiple brains going at the integrator side because there could be one project that could be continued to go like three steps. How do I explain this? But like three projects are ongoing, right? And you can't just yeah. have the integrator pause one, go to the next one, pause. So we've been getting yeah. better at that and like kind yeah. of, section each other off but it's tough when you have a couple businesses real estate the marketing side there's as you guys know this thing is a friggin' beast and it's so hard to manage everything on the back oh yeah big time and i think that's so important to note too because i think a lot of people get caught up in in the beginning they're trying to get too far ahead of themselves right Mm -hmm. like i'm a visionary i just do visionary stuff but dude in the middle i mean in the beginning we got to do everything. You got to wear all to, the hats. You have to wear all the hats a lot of the time because we're starting out with no money. You're bootstrapping. Right. It's you a bootstrap it. thing. So, yeah, I think in the beginning, it, a lot of it was just do whatever it freaking takes to get it done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's, that's just a PSA for, for everyone listening. That was not all of us going at each other. That I'm saying yeah. listening, truly. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just have to be prepared to do the gritty work because that's what yeah. it really is. It's like, oh, I'm a visionary. Like, okay, well, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to do every single facet and study. And not only study, when you're done doing that, you can't just set it aside and say, I know that. You have to implement yeah. it and try it. Maybe it works, right. maybe it doesn't. Pivot, move on. But sorry, to me, like this. Or go and find yourself an integrator, but you still got to be willing and able to do the task at hand if it's needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I know Rye asked the question about um, the next step for you. I'm curious. Let's do it yeah. backwards. Let's just tell us what your portfolio looks like now. Um, and then we'll go back to the beginning so that you could, you can frame it for people of how you got to where you are. Okay. Yep. Do you want to do it? So we have approximately 30 doors in Florida, uh, and, and Hawaii. And, um, we fix and flip primarily here in Hawaii. We do about 25 to 30 flips a year. And all of that is to build our passive portfolio. Um, and we are creative finance investors. So if we can acquire one of our rentals for creative finance over cash or the birth strategy, that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, and we hold our monthly meetup, Dills and Aloha. We do our podcast. We're also doing some other stuff that we can't talk about right now, but we're, we're super busy. We're super blessed. We have our two babies. Our business revolves around our life, not our life around our business. Um, we're really big on that. And it all started from learning how to fix and flip from fortune builders. And we started making offers on the MLS. Um, that's what they really teach you. So I, I re- reached out to one of my, um, it was my parents' very first employee that they hired. And um, 
she turned into a realtor and I was like, yo, I want to flip houses. Can you just start sending me deals? And she, we met with her. I gave her like our credibility packet on what we wanted to do. And she just started sending us distressed properties that were listed on the MLS. This was six years ago. Yeah. Um, and we were making offers for like months and months and months. And we would, at that time, we had no construction ex experience. We had no idea what we were doing. So we would go and physically look at every single property. And I think one day we lined up like 10 showings and the very last house that we went to go see was in Kaimuki and we saw it in the dark. We didn't even see what we we're looking at. We're like looking with our um, phone flashlight and that's the house that ended up being our very first project ever. And we went there the next day and I was like, what the fuck did we buy? Like, what is this? But our first project, uh, we like to say, was a master's degree in flipping because everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, for sure. Yeah, totally. So I think the uh, the best part about that is you don't have all the answers or all the information, right? And and But in the day, in the age of information, in the world that we live in, there's so much out there, but the actual step to say, well, we may not make money on this deal. Like, yeah, I'm sure you wanted to. Maybe you did, which would have been awesome if you can tell, explain what happened. But the fact yeah. that you dove in and, and went for it, it's like you're going to figure it out along the way and not, and you can't have all the information or, or you're going to just never do a deal. A hundred percent. I hear that and see that quite often. And I think it's... uh Man, it's hard because there's so much information and, and especially in real estate, right, where there's so many different avenues that you could potentially go down. Um, and a lot of people just try and wait till they know everything. And that is the biggest problem. Right. And I think for us that that is something that maybe our entrepreneurial background had given us. But we are we're action takers like we're action takers. We're taking mitigated risk right like we're not we're not reckless in any way but we're not ever going to wait until we know everything because yeah. that time will never ever come well we like naively followed the exact steps we were told to take you know what i mean like i didn't second guess it i didn't say the what ifs we we're just like okay they said to do this let's do this <laughs> you know oh yeah. yeah and they they like majorly uh were pe preaching fix and flip in uh fortune builders and so they laid that out and we did that, you know? Yeah. Um, our first deal, we, like she said, learned a lot of lessons, right? We had issues with the city, uh, DPP. We yeah. had, right, with permitting, which is a huge thing here in Hawaii. It's like our, probably our biggest nemesis. Yeah. Um, we underestimated a foundation repair for $40,000. We didn't account for that in the budget. We had the wrong contractor. Uh, we went four months over, but the craziest thing is that we, I think we only lost 15 grand on that house, mm -hmm. um, which like she said, now we can look back and we're like, you know what? We're really, really grateful that we went through all of that stuff in the very beginning, um, uh, because it didn't take us out and we kept going. We persevered through. Yeah. So we were we were so naive, you guys. Like we didn't even know that you had to make a monthly mortgage payment for, to hard money when we got our loan. <laughs> like I figured, there's a lot of people out there like that that go through this. And you you learn. I think you said it was a master class in, in or a master's degree in your first flip. Like we went through the same thing. We mm -hmm. we it was kind of a burr project, but we ended up not uh, refinancing out because it it didn't. We weren't we didn't get the exact appraisal that we were looking for. But needless mm -hmm. to say, the 
we learned we don't like flipping every single day. Mm -hmm. We still have our W2 jobs. Not that, not that we're staying in them forever, but for us, like we were like, okay, we did it. We tried it and it, it was successful. We just, it won't be our forever thing, which I yeah. like that you guys decided, Hey, you went through it. You learned like, Hey, we like this. Like we can do this all the time. We do 25 a year or whatever you said you do a lot. Yep. Yeah. 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 My question is with those numbers and I'm sorry, I kind of went left right up and down on that, but no, I no, good. Hawaii and I'm like, wow, it's not that big of a place. So how do you guys continually have deals out there? I feel like there's a finite amount of land and I could be wrong on this, but we know as we talked pre-show, there's a bunch of people out there. You have Indar, you have Brandon, you have um, Zasha. There's a lot of people out there. Yeah, I could keep going, but there, how do you, how do you guys navigate the MLS off, off market deals? Do you team up with everybody out there? Just like, how do you navigate Hawaii? I guess is my question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when we first got started just on the MLS, this was in 2018. Uh, we were just buying deals off the MLS because that's all we knew how to do. Um, our first three deals came off the MLS. We joined another mentorship and boom, we realized that we had a sales and marketing company that did real estate. That was the byproduct. So I, I dove all into marketing sales and we started building out our direct to seller model. And so that has really allowed us to be able to have consistent deal flow throughout the years from that first, those first three deals, the very next year we did 17 and all of them were direct to seller. The crazy thing is, is I was getting on the phone with these people and I was the first person they had ever talked to asking them to buy their house. And so in those days, there just wasn't a ton of people that were marketing. Everybody was reaching out to realtors and buying stuff off the MLS. So we pivoted into that. Um, I think it is very easy to think that there's just not a lot of opportunity on Oahu, but there's actually, there's mo way more opportunity than there are investors. Yeah. Um, there's right now 5,000 vacant houses just sitting on my island alone. Mm -hmm. um, we have probably the most concentration of investors here, but I know Indar does like 30 deals a year. We do 30 deals a year. Um, there's a, a bunch of us that are doing a lot of deals. So like these houses are are getting beat up by the ocean and the weather. And like, there's just a constant rotation of houses that need to be fixed up. Um, and, and up until this point, we have never run into not having enough deals. If anything, we started cutting back. Like we're like, okay, because this is the thing, you guys, our price points, we're, we're at a 1.1 million for a median home price, right? Our the highest in the country. It's the highest it in the country by far, too. I was yeah. just looking at that. Crazy, yeah. right? And our average renos are between two hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand dollars. That's a, just a normal reno for us. Our material cost is super high. Our labor cost is super high, and you know, our cost of living is astronomical. But the fact that there's like five thousand vacant houses, and then there's such a um, lack of housing we have a housing shortage here on the same thought while you're yep. out there with I, realizing everything is so high how the heck people are wondering this driving i know they are how the heck did you <laughs> you said you do 30 of these a year how yeah. do you yeah. have the dough in the beginning to mm -hmm. buy, to get into something that's a 1.1 million dollar price point 200 grand down like i know you talked about your first one was a 
it was a uh, not a master class was it was a master's degree yeah, yeah. Well, it was if you're gonna spend a yeah. hundred grand 200 grand it absolutely was it's a four-year degree yeah. so oh, yeah. could you talk to that like how did yeah did you ask how do we fund our deals how do you do yep yeah. yep 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 so i mean we use hard money and private money on every single house that we buy and the thing is is like yeah we do 30 deals now but we didn't start out doing that like we we had a very long slow progression i mean for us it feels long six years isn't that long you know what i mean but um our first deal we literally jumped into our phones mm -hmm. and it was a lower price point house we bought the house for six hundred fifteen thousand dollars and we ended up rehabbing it for 180, I think. And yeah, then yeah. we sold it for 915. Now we held it for way too long. Yep. Um, so we ate up all of our profit. And, but... and we were so naive again. We didn't even annualize our private lender's return. We just gave them a blank 10%. Like we had no idea what we were doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so... Yeah. But we jumped in our phones and we told everybody what we were doing. And we're like, hey, we are. we need to raise money. You want to be a part of this. This is our vision. This is where we're going. We can grow your cash. And we just started reaching out. Our first private lenders were my your brother, brother and my best friend. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, and that's what people think that they don't know anybody that has money because money is very uncomfortable to talk about just in general. But you, if you're going to be in the slipping game or real estate in general, you have to be really comfortable with talking about money and being able to explain your deal and the advantages of private lending and how it's a solid asset to invest in. And we just got really good at doing that, you know, because our average raise here for doing 30, 25 to 30 deals a year, our average raise is about $300,000. And that's just for a down and holding. So, yep. you know, like we are a year in the constant business of raising capital. But once people understand that you have an opportunity for them, to grow their money and to watch a house transform that they can see what their money is doing and then that they're going to be your repeat client i can't tell you a lot of our lenders just roll over roll their principal roll their principal roll their principal yeah, um, to that so uh, we've had a lot of people talk about raising capital for syndications on the show right but yep. right rarely for a flip i think that's really yeah. cool so can you talk us through maybe like your if you want to call even call it this but like your marketing campaign of like the steps that people take all the way up to me giving you 50K or whatever it is, and then how I get my money back and then the rollover process. I think it's cool because people probably don't realize they can become house flippers by leveraging their network. Obviously, there's a lot more to it than 100%. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it's funny that you say that because a lot of our private lenders are people that are interested in learning about real estate. And it's it's almost a better way to get into it. It's less risk. You're not the one at the job sites every day managing contractors. You're growing your money and it's a short term investment that you can see what your money does in six to eight months, you know. So um, the process is it, it starts with marketing. It starts with just having conversations. It, well, it actually starts with getting the deal. Yeah, it starts with getting it starts <laughs> with getting the deal. But I get the deal under contract and then hand it over to her. And yeah. we have this a machine and this is constantly running to raise money. You you I mean, we're raising a million dollars every two months. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's really about an email marketing. It's about being loud about what you're doing in a very tactful way and presenting it a, and as an opportunity to people because it's exactly what it is. You're not begging anybody for money. You're presenting an opportunity for them to grow their wealth. Um, and we created a, a private lender information packet, which literally breaks everything down in detail. And then it 
we update it with our past projects so people can see actual examples of an investment that was done, the time frame, how the money grows, how it's annualized, and then what an expected return is going to be. And then you secure them with a promissory note and a mortgage deed. Um, and you, we send them monthly updates so they know exactly what's going on every single month throughout the duration of the project. We've had private lenders come to the project when it's done and we're like, yo, look what your money did. Like, look at this. You were a part of this. What's your what's your question? Because our lenders aren't just lenders. They become family. They become a part of our team. They're essential to our business. And so that we want them to feel that way as well. We want them to feel involved. So if there's any other resources that we can give them, that's exactly what we want to do. Um and then at the end we let them know like, yo, the project's done. We're about to go on escrow. We send them the listing. Um, and then they just get updates every single time. And then they get an email showing the breakdown of what their money did and we give them the option. Do you want to reinvest because I got all these projects we can roll your principal into or do you want to cash out and majority of the time it's I want to reinvest because look at how much money I made I can't make that anywhere else in that amount of time That's- yeah we love it you have a full start not to cut you off you have a full system that like yeah. handoff process bang 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 emails yeah. here you go I think yeah. it's I think it's awesome to show people their roadmap of their dollar right or like how they grow numbers. a lot of people okay. just say here's the deal here's what we're going to spit out at the end but to walk them through give updates it is similar in in my mind to a syndication but yeah. i really like you, you create a family with this you're not just using someone for their capital and for us it's like i would do the same thing if you just gave me a, a profit i forgot about the other money i didn't really forget about it but I, it was a, a chunk that i set aside specifically for investing i know i can win i know i could potentially lose if i win great. It's here we go again. Let's, I rather yeah. trust you yeah. than throwing a dart in the stock, stock market and hope it works. Exactly. Well, the key, the key to really um, g- gaining private lenders, if that's what you want to call it, is educating people about money and how they can grow it and how um, if you have it in this asset, this is what your projected return is. If you have it in a, sitting in a savings account, what you're growing 0.01% on your money, you know what I mean? It, it's all about helping them understand how they can create wealth and how it's actually not as risky as people think. Yeah, I totally agree. I think a lot of it is sharing your story, your unique story, which is un- more unique than, well, I would say more unique, but it's it's your own thing. And I want to go back to something that you said about just you didn't know anything in the beginning, as, and you but you still started documenting it. So you don't know anything, but you're documenting it. As long as you're not saying, I know everything, <laughs> right, and, and falsifying it, that people start to latch on to you and like that that humbleness and that like oh we don't know what we're doing but here's how it's working all of a sudden right. it grows all of a sudden yeah. two deals turn into four four turn into six and the people that started with you in the beginning are like look what look what they did there's a story to tell there then they can go tell their friends and you're not pretending this is where people screw up on social media at the very beginning they try to act like experts oh, not yeah. fake it till you make it we've said that term before that's not the way that you guys did it it's not fake it till you make it, it it's showing what we've done, sharing the wins, sharing the losses, and then you gain reputability, if that's a word, or you become more reputable that way. That's what I love about your story. You literally become the authority in, in that space. You know what I mean? And obviously, that takes a lot of time. It does. But in the end, that is really what people want to trust you, right? And if they trust you, that's the thing. It too. You are never too early to start sharing that story. Never. Like I, I see a lot of people 
getting held back because of like an imposter syndrome or, oh, I I can't do that because I'm not that person. I'm not doing that much yet. You know what I mean? But everybody has an authentic story to tell. If you're actually doing the do, like share what you're doing because all of these little shares are going to add up and it will bring you business. It's going to bring people in. And you guys know, social media is your business card. You know what I mean? And we've never um, gone, I guess, with like the trends of what people are doing on social media. I think that's why we've had very slow and organic growth. But our followers are ride or die followers. You know what I mean? That Like we don't need um, 100,000 followers to for our name to get out there and to get private capital and to get opportunities because we show up on social media just how we are. You like what you see is what you get. Yeah. Organic all the way. Absolutely. And we have, so we, Ryan and I joined a mastermind, mastermind and shout out to Emerge, which is the um, the mastermind that goes into GoBundance, right? Like the prequel, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. We've, we've met so many people and the biggest value that I thought that we've brought, brought to the mastermind is I, I've met this guy. I'm not going to say his name because he probably, you know, he didn't give me permission, but there's a, there's a people that are crushing it in their business and they're asking, yeah. hey, what do you think the next step is for me? And he's like a military guy. And I'm like, do you have any social media? Are you telling anybody about this? He's like, no, nah, no, I kind of have stayed off social media. I'm like, you're going to 10X your business because you're already killing it. Like you're already right. doing the do. You're already right. doing yep. it. I'm like, if you yep. just tell your story and you go on there and you just don't pretend to be anybody that you're not, mm-hmm. the amount of people that we have met, we're in the middle of raising capital right now. The amount of people that we have met for our deals to partner with, to go into business with through social media, it's been it's been a whirlwind. Like, and, yeah, and, I mean, we met you guys through social media. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly right. 100%. <laughs> I think it's uh, someone called it a digital resume or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And for when you go into a room, and it, this is so interesting, I, I actually was meeting with a gentleman today um, to help us revamp our website a little bit, to like have it more geared towards syndications and our next evolution, if you will, right? Yeah. Yep. We started going through the process and, um, he, I, I wasn't sure he was taking me serious, right? He was giving me all the information. Then I was like, here's my social links and things like this. So I can like, I needed to show him like our branding and how I want to do the tell story. And he looked right. at the Instagram right. and he goes, oh, nice. you guys already did the hard part. Like I yeah. handled the backup for you. He's like, you just need, you already built the community. I showed him the podcast and it immediately the conversation took a turn where he's like, no, I want to work with these guys and I definitely yeah. can help them 10X their business because they showed up every day for four years. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's kind of to your guy's point, like it doesn't matter like the fraud followers or the, you can have 5,000 followers that show up every day for you and you yeah. have that community and it's way, yeah. way better than a, a $250,000 account or sorry, 250,000 yeah. follower yeah. account that is just, it's not organic. It's, it's made, no, it, yeah. people just have the check mark, right? There's, well, there's, and they just have no, no engagement. There's nothing real happening there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so hard to navigate the space on social too, because it evolves all the time and and the algorithms change and you're like, okay, well, there's YouTube, there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's a website. Like, how do I funnel people who want to talk to us? And it's like, how do you siphon off your calls? And then you have the podcast. So I know everything you guys are going through. And it's it's funny, we've we've met a few different people and we're trying to, maybe this is like us strategizing out loud with you, but I'm trying to find a way to build almost like a mini mastermind to bring your mm-hmm. people in and at least just educate together and have yeah. these conversations more frequently, maybe once a week, not just yeah, not just once a week to throw out for education for me, but actually just like, what are you guys thinking about? What are you struggling? Yeah, well, what do you need? Fill your cup. Fill your cup. You got to have constantly be filling your cup so you can continue to pour out. Yeah. I, I yeah. absolutely love that, bro. Yeah. Like we're constantly looking for, I mean, we're talking about, we started with education. We're 
in education nonstop, but like sometimes just to have like these conversations where we're dealing with the same kinds of, of, I don't want really to say problems, but issues in our business and we're trying to overcome them. We need another perspective on that, another set of eyes, another set of experiences. And if we could just meet mm-hmm. people all on that level and just brainstorm, dude, that would, that's invaluable, bro. 100%. Totally agree. Perfect. And it, it's, it's just interesting. It's people pay for these types of masterminds and some are worth it, right? You go into some of them, you're like, whoa, like I got that one meeting. I got yeah. 10 yeah. times what I paid in for it. And other times you're like, eh. I feel like I could have led that. And like, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like we have yeah. a mastermind every Wednesday. Like we talk to you guys, like this yeah. going out to people is a mastermind. We already talked about trials, tribulations, where you're going, like how to get there, 100%. who to talk to. There's, so it's just a weird thing. And to put it, I think that's why there's an art to marketing, right? We've talked mm-hmm. about yep. this, like your, your guys background, hopefully people are watching on YouTube, like your logo is sick. You guys are put together. Mm-hmm. You have the whole look, but you also are like kind, genuine people, but you also have that little swag to you where I'm like, I want to know more. Like, tell me yeah. more. So you're the masters of marketing, I think, sell more so than to Corey's point of the guy in the, on social media. He's not on social media and no one knows his story. How is he yeah, totally. able to invest in him where he doesn't tell anyone about himself? So yeah. um, I know that was kind of a, a big boatload of information, but I think marketing is one of the key things for our industry in real estate. And you're seeing people will shoot you a DM and be like, hey, I have a... I have 50 to 100K. When's your next deal? I love you guys. I've been listening to deals in Aloha for three years or whatever yeah. it is, right? So yep. um, I think it's cool for us as the content creators. Mm-hmm. This is also thinking out loud again, but like somehow for us to get in the same room and like mm-hmm. this, but offline, just like, hey guys, what are we, what's, what are you struggling with? How can we, mm-hmm. what's worked for you? And then, you know, we can uplift everybody else. That is let's doing do it, bro. Just show me a Zoom, a Zoom link. Let's like, do it. Let's do it. Let's I'm, do it. Yeah. I'm 100% down. I just had to put it out there, I guess, right? We, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I can get some, I can get Zasha on it, you know? Like, I'm sure she could teach us some stuff. Yeah, we <laughs> do that. We certainly will. So that's a great idea. But I want to, I want to transition. You, you said something, pre- both of you said something previously in the episode. You said, you know, you do these flips to fund your passive, right? So yeah. uh, I noticed that you said something and it's, it's not that, Investing in your backyard, I wouldn't necessarily say it's easier, but there's probably this preconceived notion that it is. Like, if you're in Hawaii, you're going to do better in Hawaii than me, right? Like, I, I'm in Philadelphia. We're so far away. But you said right. you invest long-term in Florida, which is could not get further away if you're talking about yeah. the Yeah, no, right? totally. So how did you create a network of people in Florida that you do the flips in Hawaii and then you fund your passive, like you said, in Florida? What's the strategy there? Dude, it's exactly what you just talked about. It's about ma- being in the right rooms, masterminding with high-level people and connecting and, and and being in the right mentorship. So we were in a mentorship. We went to a mastermind and I met one of my best friends in real estate and she lives in Jacksonville, Florida. And so we just hit it off. And She's crushing up there um, and she has a huge network there. But her issue was she didn't have money and she doesn't know how she didn't have the know-it-all to raise money to and do larger we, deals and do larger deals and more of them right and we that's our skill set we do that very very well and so we started talking story she's like i have all of these deals coming in they're all creative finance deals from her network there mm-hmm. um, but i need these entry fees let's form a partnership and let's buy all these deals. And that's you know what I exactly mean? what we did. You know, we got, we incorporated together. We shared resources. We ended, our first deal together was a fourplex in Jacksonville. It's now an Airbnb and it, and, it, and it crushes, you know? So it's really cool. And so we're building, um, Florida is just a, a, a great 
cash flow market. It, you can do a lot of creative deals there. We're under contract right now for 20 plus units in Tallahassee. Hopefully that works out. So we're just slowly but surely building our portfolio there with her. Does she um, manage the properties or she has a property manager that does it? Like how does that process work? Contractors? Uh, is that yep. all her operational aspect and you're the networking funding um, um, marketing arm? Pretty much. Yeah. So yes, we're in the funding, we're the back end, I guess you can say. She is boots on the ground. She has a contractor, so she helped renovate everything. And then we hired a property manager to come in and, and manage it for us. Got it. So yeah. if anybody's listening, it's um, there's a lot of complaining going on out there about interest rates, about mm -hmm. a recession, about... it's. Ne let me just say, it's never been easier to do what we're talking about. I'm not saying yeah. it's easy. It's not easy. It's never mm -hmm. been easier though. Like you're doing 100%. deals in Jacksonville. I don't know how many times you've even been to Jacksonville. Maybe never, never. never. We haven't been to, we haven't been to Florida. Uh, so. we, will, we will one day. <laughs> yeah. It's it, That's my whole point. I didn't even know the answer to that question. So I'm glad it was zero, but like I, I just bought a property in Tampa, Florida. I've been there three times and this isn't, I don't want to make this about me. I'm just giving you an example of like, how how much how it's navigatable this this interweb that's allowing you to partner with people in different states in different countries so i love it i think that's great i i think the strategy of flipping keeping that active income and turning it into passive we we're using that in our w2 jobs taking that income mm -hmm. buying real estate and then turning that real estate into bigger real estate and and moving that into more passive but people think that it's like oh i buy 10 rentals and i sit on a beach and that's not, it's really hard to do that now. Maybe yeah. like yeah. 20 years ago, you could have done that. Right. But right now you got to keep that active income coming in. I think to your point where it's, you said it's never become easier. It's like that it's simple, not easy or something like that. But mm -hmm. to, to your point, I think my my brain's wrapping around this is like the person, the squeaky wheel gets the oil or something like that is the phrase where like, we've seen people that just, if you're willing to raise your hand and just tell us a little bit about yourself and provide value, you were the one that is going to get the deals. Let's. I'll. I'll bring it back to a couple we had on the show years ago, um, who are, we're pretty close with the Phi couple, Josh and Ali Lupo. Oh, yeah, they had yeah. Two hundred followers. Josh yeah. would crush. I mean, he'd show up on every single page on just like, hey, love what you're doing, super inspiring. And then yeah, with DM, they are at like three hundred thousand followers organically. Real yeah. estate portfolio. And like, my point here is, if you're in a room, and I just think about this, it, a lot of people are like, well, I'm introverted, like it's not my thing. If you're the first person in a room to raise your hand, you're breaking the the ice, and you're it's it's usually like think about when you have a project, right? And you're like, okay, who's gonna be the first to present? Nine times out of ten, if you're the first person to go, you get it a little bit more lenient because you had the nuts yep. to go and put just put yourself out there, and then everybody has to follow suit on you. And like, oh god, like rarely you set does the tone. Yeah. You set the tone, right? But yep. I think those go getters to actually attack the world and like become something. So. What I'm saying is if you feel that um, imposter syndrome, you need to get rid of it right away because today you can scale so much quicker by latching on to people that have become successful just by showing that you're gritty and that you're you're curious and you want to know what they're doing and you want to help. Because yep. I think it goes to, we, have, we all probably have prime examples of this. Like we all started from zero. We had no idea what we were doing. We were just like willing to take a shot and then willing right. to put it out there. And then fast yep. forward, however long it takes, five, 10, 20 years, you're going to succeed as long as you just don't stop. And yep. so that's it. That's it in a nutshell. You're going to succeed as long as you don't quit. You're only limited by your knowledge and your application of that knowledge. That's it. Yeah. 
So I, that was a that was a, a mindset one there for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotcha. No, love it. I love it. That was great. So what is your what are your goals then? You talked us about your your properties in Florida. You talked about the flipping in Hawaii. Like, what does the next one to three years look like for you? What are you out there looking to accomplish now? Yeah, you know, I think uh, when we got started, we were very money hungry. We had we had no money. We were 80 grand in debt. And so we needed to get money. We have over the years gotten to a place where we realize that that's not what's important to us, right? What's important to us, and Tris alluded to this in the beginning, is being able to spend time with the people that we love being able to be there for our children when they still think we're gods. Like right now, my my kids want to be with me every single day. They love me. There's going to be a time where they don't where that. my kids no longer want to hang out with you that. Not right? cool anymore. And you know what the the messed up part about that is is that normally those years are the years when parents are grinding mm-hmm. and they're not there and they're building their businesses or they're they're in their w2 w2 i don't want that right and so we came to a conclusion we sat down we're like you know what we need to really truly build our business around our lifestyle and so we were on a trajectory to start doing like 40, 50 flips a year. But said, we, nope. right, we sat down and we're like, okay, listen, let's scale everything back. Let's figure out what amount of flips is going to be good for us to, to help us accomplish our goals and to keep growing the business. And we figured out what that was. Um, and so I think moving forward, we're going to stay right in that zone. Yeah. 20 between 20 to 30, we have the teams to support that. We know what that's going to allow us time-wise for the things we want to do, vacation, travel, all of those things. Um, and then we're we're pumping money into a lot of our rentals that we were talking about earlier are also short-term. Most of them are short-term rentals. So we're in the short-term rental space. Um, and we're building a portfolio here in Hawaii as well. Mm-hmm. Not on Oahu, but it's on the big island of, of Hawaii. Um, in Hilo. And we have, I think we have like 10 doors there right now. And most of them are short term. But anyway, we're going to continue to build our portfolio there and in Florida. And we're looking at bigger multifamily stuff now. So that's another reason we need to get in the, the yeah. room with you guys. But it's interesting though, you know, I feel like uh, a lot of people are going in, into the syndication space and I, I love it. I see the value of getting to super m- monster deals. But I think he and I are really interested in getting into 50, 50 doors or less and doing it with like a couple partners and and not syndicating. Right. So th- one of the things that you said there that I thought was really interesting, and I'm, I wonder if you have any tips for people to mm-hmm. figure out how to get to this point. So there's a point where you've realized and you've created it and you've figured out, I don't need more than X. Mm-hmm. Now with inflation, who the hell knows what's going to happen, right? But the point is, is I'm going to be the happiest at this stage. There are a lot of people that get lost in the sauce and just keep grinding and keep moving. And then they wake up one day and they're like, what What do I even need all this shit for? Like, how did I get here? How did you figure out that what that number was or that area or that time spent on work versus play? 
Um, through burnout, through learning, <laughs> straight up. I last year I was miserable. I I was burned out. I went. I almost was in like crisis. I told him like I want to quit. I don't give a shit. I'll go back to my WSU. Like I am not happy. And I think you really need to do the work. Because us as entrepreneurs, we have this hustle, we have this inner grind to succeed. And we think that succeeding is going to take all your problems away. But the reality of the situation is, is it doesn't. It does not solve all your problems because money doesn't buy happiness. Money is just a, a tool. And what you do with that is, is your kuleana. It's your responsibility. But I had to figure out the seven layers of why. And I had to go back to the basics, back to the stuff that did bring me joy, did bring me happiness. You have to have a strong mindset, but you can't let your strong mindset bulldoze your emotional connection to who you are as a human. Um, so you have to make sure you're emotionally regulated as well. And so we had to figure all of that out and several layers of why, you know, we started off where we got into real estate because we wanted money. And it's like, eh, well, let's ask ourselves, well, why do we want money? OK, so I want money because I want time freedom. Why do you want time freedom? Because I want uh, to control a lot. I want control. You know, you really got to be able to, to do the the work, the hard work, because as entrepreneurs, as you go up the ladder of success, the problems just get bigger. Um, they don't go away. So it was really about not doing the dirty yes, not saying yes is the things that you really didn't want to do. Um, having happy and, and peaceful nose to situations. So we've turned down uh, a lot of opportunities because it didn't feel right. It didn't fit the morals. It didn't fit the value. It, it took away time from our family when when we said, no, our kids need us right now. Um, and would that opportunity have opened another door? Probably, probably. But it still would have been a dirty yes. I don't want to say, I don't want to give out dirty yeses. So, I mean, that was like a, a long answer. And I don't know if it gave you no, what you wanted. You did. No, I have so yeah. many yeah. thoughts on this. Uh, yeah. And hopefully... Mine's not, uh, I think mine will actually be left, right, field, center field, everywhere, kind of <laughs> all my thoughts today. But I really appreciate a lot of things you said. One is, as you grow in this game, there you, I think we had Mike Ayala on a couple of weeks ago, and he's a big mindset guy, a real estate investor, yeah. but he talked about, dude, as you scale and you grow, you're going into war every single day. Like, there's mm -hmm. always someone out there that is quietly lurking in the background that just does not want you to succeed, and they'll attack okay. you at some point, right? So, yep. you're, yeah. You have to build the army around you of like us all together, right? We're doing the same stuff. Like now we're in the pack. Like if you guys need something, I know we have your back and it's vice versa. But also to build your team locally too, whether it's like um, all, all your team members, what you can talk about your contractors, but also like your legal team. And there's a lot of different things that you need to protect yourself with on the way. And it is so much easier to your point. Like we've had days or, and I've been like, F this, dude. I just want to stick to my W-2. I don't have to think about any bullshit. I go in, I clock in, yep. I get paid, I have to yep. do some stupid stuff, whatever. But yep. then I realized the main thing, I go, I kind of went through the seven, seven layers of why, as you will. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's something truly about, and I don't really know how to, to voice it, but to wake up every day and realize you have this thing you've grown and created and almost like the business is your baby in a way. Yeah, yeah. totally. There's such a purpose behind it. Like just seeing the logo and, and know you're in it with partners. And it's not just like he and I as partners. Now we have everyone across the world, yeah. including you guys, right? Like you guys are rooting for us. We're rooting for you. It's like, I'm not going to let them down. Like you can't just start something and stop it. We don't, we talked about this earlier. Like as long as you don't stop, you'll succeed. For us, yeah. it was like, well, I, there's other people I got to show up for. It's not just me anymore. And then probably the realest thing, and this is just another layer back to the episode. The realest thing I've heard on maybe any episode was you're talking about 
the time with your family and how mm -hmm. the, the most impactful years when your kids actually like you, you are able to spend the time with them. I'm a new, newly, uh, a new father, I should say. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It is the best thing in the world. I haven't even talked about it on the show yet. So your <laughs> first announcement here. But right on. Not, so I can so cool. relate to some people. It is yeah. the coolest thing in the friggin' world. And you, yeah. you guys can attest. I'm mm -hmm. at the stage where they're just like, she's just starting to smile. Like I'm not even, I'm so early in the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. As I get through this, Corey, the last like six months, Corey's been like, dude, like you just have this like, like go, go, go mentality. Like I feel like I just blink and shit's done. And I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, I don't know what it is. Like, I kind of had a feeling I'd be like that when I have kids, but it's more so, A, I don't have time for to like, you have to trim the fat, right? Like I can't, I have no time for any of the bullshit anymore. You have to say yep. no to a lot of things, defend your time blocks because you want to spend time with them when yep. you get home, but also to separate that time for, I don't want to have, I don't want to have to have this W2 forever, right? Like I want to be able mm -hmm. to yep. grow this other baby that I have with you and we yeah. just go all in on it. And there's, um, it's just hard to explain, but having someone that like looks up to you every day and you're like, oh my God, I got to like feed this thing and make sure yeah. it survives. And there's yeah. a whole okay. different game now. And, oh yeah. And it's helped me in business a lot. And it's really weird. It's like, I don't, I have no bl like blinders and then like shiny object syndrome. Like I don't really have it anymore. And it's yeah. only been the last six months pre-baby as it yeah. like led up to the last moments of like having it. You're like, whoa, like it's, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have found this too, but that really resonated with me when you talked about wanting to spend the time. Like, I just think about my dad, right? He was working all the time. It's in yeah. the years that I wanted him to hang out. Like, I just wanted him to come home, have yeah. dinner, throw, mm -hmm. play catch, whatever. Like, he, co he coached us and things like that. But we loved those moments. It was like the hour or two you could spend. Imagine you had four or five hours or, or as much time as you wanted, that time freedom. That's what I'm chasing, right? And yeah. so if you can find that why and really understand what it is, you forget about the other stuff. You just go laser exactly. Focused. Exactly. And if you, if you guys wanted a brick wall to run through, we have one behind us. So I just, see that. I see. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, so I, I don't have children um, yet, right? It, it's in my future. But I, I've seen the, the, the passion, the drive, and what that does to, to an individual who I already knew had the highest of morals and values. But like, I can see how that you're right. Like the, the time that you get with your children now will make them likely want to spend their 20s with you because I spend exactly. my I spend my 20s I spent them and my 30s now with my parents because I can have them forever so and yeah. so I, I think that it's invaluable so I love that you said yeah. that yeah 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 totally Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. How, well, well, we get, lost a lot of the juice after that. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. You're always <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> like, it's yeah. So I think I went down the show though. Like yeah, you know, we've, we've quietly been talking for an hour, but I think that uh, or not quietly, but we've been. Uh, I feel like we just started. I know. There's a lot in that. We could we could go forever with you guys. Yeah, There's just some people that you you're you vibe with, right? Like you can tell you're on the same energy. You're on the same, you're going through the same things in business as well. Like these conversations give me life, like energy and inspire. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's a hundred percent why we do it. And you found that I found that, um, you know, sometimes like for us, it's, it's late in the day, right? It's 6 PM. Uh, we've yeah. done these six, seven, eight, nine PM. And I felt that I'm more energized after I get out of it. And I was saying to Rye the other day, like we had this conversation, we're doing all this work, we're, we're grinding. It's like, what are we doing it all for? What do you really want your life to look like? And he looked at me and he said, I want to do exactly what we're doing. Like, mm -hmm. because we're doing the, and now maybe we want to have more money tied to it. Maybe we want to do bigger deals. Maybe we want to make a bigger impact. 
but it's it's all in the work that we're already doing and it's like yeah. i can't even picture my life like oh i want to be doing x in five years it's like i want to be coaching whether that's i coach basketball but i want to be coaching people i want to be making an impact on people i want to i want to have passive income i want to be talking to cool people like yourself like to create that world where you're already doing what you want to do it, it it's the visions it makes the vision so much easier to to continue yeah. to pursue. So yeah, pinch yourself sometimes. You're like, holy shit, this is work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. The challenge is that, like, <laughs> you know, this directly, you know, you have to find what actually brings you dollars and brings you yep. income. This directly, uh, we don't really get paid a lot from the podcast, but we get paid through relationship capital and we get paid through the people that we've met. That hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's why we do our podcast too, because we get to meet such rad people and build connections that ultimately are going to be with us in twenty years. You know what I mean? Totally. Let me ask you guys this. This is an interesting one, and and I think I'm definitely going to set up a call. I think whether it's us, it's Asha, whoever, even just us again, because yeah. I want to yeah. talk about the business and like how we structure things. And there's there's a lot of synergy here. I selfishly, I could talk to you guys for like six hours. That's really why I'm yeah. But yeah. Um, we talked a lot about relationship capital, but for me, um, I'm talking about the relationships you build, right? You have a conversation with someone on a DM or you have someone on the show and maybe I'm, we're kind of strategizing out loud here, but how do you guys continue those relationships? Like the touch points, like for, for me, I work in sales, right? So to work someone up the ladder, right? And eventually close them is you have specific touch points. And then once you close them, it's like you still build a relationship. So you retain them over time, right? It's like sales one-on-one. For me, we've met so many cool people on the show, right? And you're like, whoa, I vibe with them so well. But then you might not talk to them for another six months. I'm like, dude, that, that's so weird. Life can change in two days, let alone yeah. six months. So I don't know if you guys have any tips or if you do this, but I'm, this is where I'm like framing my mind for us as we move forward, not only with our followers, but also for our friends that we've had on the show and other investors. How are you guys managing those relationships and keeping in touch? Super good. Dude, yeah, this is definitely strategizing out loud because I don't think we have like any specific um, specific strategies, you know, that we actually have like implement that we implement like a system or anything. Um, but I do think that we're lucky that we live in Hawaii <laughs> because <laughs> I know where this is going. Everybody wants to come to Hawaii and does come to Hawaii. Yeah. And all of the people that we talk to that we have like this kind of a relationship with, um, we're just like you. Like now we're we're family. We got your back no matter what. You need anything in Hawaii, anything at all, you hit us up. You come travel here, you can stay in one of our houses. Like this is the kind of relationship that we believe in just because we understand the power of relationships and collaboration uh, yeah. and collaboration and all the things. So we get a ton of people that take us up on that. And they'll, when they come to Hawaii, we're the people that they want to hang out with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think just on a more granular level, it is being conscious about that question that you just asked. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times, we just are so busy and like we're on to the next thing and like we could have this rad conversation right now but then if we're not conscious about after this setting something in our calendar yeah. and saying hey i'm gonna call on this day then it might get lost you know and it's not too it's not that you we didn't have a great conversation we don't vibe like a hundred percent but it's like you're we're entrepreneurs. We're, yeah, we have, we're going, after this, we're going to film. 
Yeah. And like, we, like we have to literally just be conscious about putting that in. You know what I mean? You I don't know. Yeah. What I found that helped me is right when I'm thinking about that person or that situation, I'll just send them a text. And it doesn't have to be anything um, for a reason. It's just like, what's up? I was thinking about you. Hope all is well. Um, nothing. Peace out. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be for a reason, but that is what waters that relationship. That's what waters that seed is. Anytime I'm thinking like one of my best friends on Maui, not Sasha, but Tereba. Um, anytime I think about her, I'll just shoot her a text. Hey, girl. Hope, yep. How are you doing? You, you She's know, awesome, like, too. Oh, yeah. Love her. I will say... She, She's great. I would say, I, I don't want to like generalize you guys all, but everyone, every single person we met in Hawaii is just the bomb. Like you guys are so cool and easy to talk to. And just like the family thing, first of all, thank you for that. Like I would yeah. love to take you guys up on that one day. Yeah. Um, and if you ever want to come to Philly with December or when it's 42. Dude, I do want to come to Philly. Like we we love to travel. We love traveling. Yeah, we love well, traveling. Shack up in the Boconos. That'll be, yeah, we have, we, we have a couple spots. Ooh. Yeah, we we could we could definitely do something on that. I think what I wanted to say is, and I don't. I, this is not like to bring sexes into it, but my I bring it up because my wife, she is so good at checking in on her friends and just like making calls, and doing things. And she's like, "When's the last time you hung out with so and so?" I'm like, "I don't know. I I gotta go work with Corey. We gotta figure it out." And she she's just like, she has this innate ability to connect and stay in touch. And I as I don't know if it's just me as a guy or like just in general with like my brain, it doesn't, I don't think to have that nurturing, like, Oh, let me check in on this dude and make sure he's good. Like I just assume he's all right. So yeah. I guess I'm putting it out there as there's certain things where I live by my calendar and I know it's weird, but like yeah, truly anyway. putting it in, you like okay. a CRM system where just like, Hey, check in every 30 days, just make sure they're good. Like, yeah. So put it in I, calendar. I have one thing that I think might help people that are listening that's that is granular. Uh, I've done this um and first of all reminders on your phone are are unbelievable. I, I have like 60 a day on my phone, but even better, even better, yeah, which is too much, but even better is um anytime that you know there somebody has a birthday, if you text somebody happy birthday, it pops down in the iPhone to save it as that day. Now, I save people's birthdays that would never expect to hear from me. And then, like, yeah. getting a text from somebody that's, like, you know, a couple of degrees of separation, you're like, well, how did you remember that, right? Like, yeah. yeah, totally. that puts yourself, stands out a little bit, and I, I have... something. It means- yeah, it means something. And, and then, but also from there, when you say happy birthday, there's got another two to three texts uh, that you have dug into their life a little bit, ask a couple extra mm-hmm. questions. I think something like that is something simple that really works because I texted somebody that I hadn't talked to in eight months, I think the last text was my happy birthday text to them from last year. But it it it, it still it's like you become um, that you know you you really all you have is how you make people feel, and that yeah. that's the relationship building that I think is 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 but worth it. One last thing I think on the flip side of this is in this business, especially you guys as like big podcasters, and you guys meet and connect with so many people, and everyone is cool, right? But I think as you as a new dad and as us being like in the busiest we've ever been you almost have to create a filter and we asked our our mentor this was like how do you create a filter that to know what relationships to water versus the ones that aren't necessary they're not for you even though you vibed with them um and he said you have to create a filter you have to have commonalities and and for him he's like are they married or are they in a relationship? Do they have children? And are they working on their business? 
if the the they don't check all three of those boxes, why are you watering that relationship? And I think as you go up the ladder, your relationships have to be that much more strategic and that much more valuable. And it, it has to be reciprocal too, you know? Um, you can't be giving and them just taking. So, I mean, I think that's one thing we had to do as well is create a filter because everyone is going to want your time because you you have developed a skill set and you are very valuable. And so everyone's going to want a piece of that. But that doesn't mean everybody deserves a piece of that. Totally. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Thank I you. could, I could, we were saying this already. I could literally, we'd talk to you guys for hours and I think we will, <laughs> but maybe off air. So I, I kind of want to wind it down here and, and the, we normally ask a bunch of questions at the end with four people. It gets, you know, we'll talk for another two hours, seriously. So what I want, what I want to do, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm allowed to talk anymore. <laughs> what I, no, it's, it's a good thing, but you know, for podcast people listening, I think they got like an hour 15. That's cut, typically their cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the one question I do want to ask, you talked a little bit about your legacy and, and your why we already went there. I kind of want to ask, let's say you could go back to your 18 year old self selves. You can both answer this question. What is the one piece of advice you would give yourself? And why? Mm. We we didn't get into like the the whole. The, we didn't get into that. We could do another podcast about the previous life. That's uh, another story. But <laughs> yeah, we uh, had a little bit of a rough rough growing up, and so I think my advice to myself back then would be: it is okay to ask for help, and. I think that it goes really deep into like growing up in childhood and also Hawaiian culture yeah. is very like guilt, humble. shame, humble. Um, you keep your problems, keep within. your problems to yourself, uh, figure it out on your own. We are a strong people. We are not weak. No, uh, a weak person needs things kind of a thing. Um, and I think that that one thing kept me stuck in a place that I didn't want to be for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, and, and, and now I have to condition myself into in even now in business. Now, um, it is okay to ask for help. You are not weak. If you ask for help, asking for help is a, a show of like resilience and power. Uh, it's just something I have the mantra I have to tell myself. Yeah. I love it. I I have some friends who are, I I, I mean, I don't know, like all, I'm not going to name all of their cultures, but it's, uh, there's specifically that has shown up in a number of cultures of people that I've met, some people that are Filipino, Japanese, it just as an example. And I know there's, yeah, a lot of Asian cultures and uh, I, and it's, I think it's like that not asking for help, but also like you're already strong enough and in the emotion, don't bring the, don't bring the emotion into it. And I, I've noticed that. And I think it's interesting because I feel like I'm the type of person that it's like, if I voice it, even just getting it out of my body, just saying it has helped me just like, like just, it uh, is already a relief. Just saying it out loud is a relief. That's just how I am. And it's like, uh, so I, I, it's commendable that you, that you share that. Cause I, I'm maybe re- reading between the lines of, of what it was like earlier in your life. So yeah. Interesting. Cool. What about your dress? 18. So at 18, I, I was pretty strong willed. I've always been super strong willed and whatever I want to do, I'm going to do it. Um, I would tell myself, learn how to radically 
self-love because even if you think that's what you're doing, go and do it at a deeper level to connect with self and understand who you are. And an 18-year-old that's probably like you're in a crazy phase of life, but do that work. I feel like and connect to that inner child because I went through a lot of stuff in my childhood that made me have to grow up very quick. Mm. So I never was able to be and connect to that inner child. So I wish at 18, I had somebody telling me, it's okay, be a kid. You don't have to be an adult already. You don't have to be doing all those things already. Take a step back, learn to love yourself and connect to that inner child because a lot of healing would take place at a younger age and it wouldn't have popped up later on in life when let's be real like I'm building a life over here running a business I have kids I don't need that to pop up do you know what I mean so sure. totally life's not that serious I think you know like there's always yep. gonna be problems and and I just put that out there there's a lot of things I was thinking about as you guys were going through this and we never really flip the question on ourselves, but I'm going to do it yeah. right now. And I'll give, I'll give a couple yes. words of wisdom on how I'd feel, right? Like, mm. so if I go back to 18 year old self, and I remember maybe 17, 18, I always used to think people were like, everything I did was getting watched. And I was like super self-conscious about certain things and like all eyes are on me. So like, for example, when you go like stand up for a presentation, you're walking the hallways in school, like, dude, nobody cares. Literally yeah. everyone's <laughs> thinking about themselves yeah. and you're all in this thing. Like, so don't worry about it. Like when you get up there, just say what you got to say and move on because someone else is going to butcher it worse than you did a couple (laughs) minutes later. So that would be one thing I would say. I wish I could just tell myself like, bro, it it really is not that serious. You are cool in your own way. Like do your thing and just rock out. Like I pretty much did, but I always just second guessed it. And um, another one would be, and this is kind of my mantra for this year. And I think it kind of alludes to uh, some things I were talking about earlier in the show. Like the last six months, I've just been kind of going nuts and in a good way changed my mantra to to ready fire aim someone told me this and i think it might have been the 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 mastermind we're in but it i just love it for whatever reason like i always used to analyze and study and, and Corey and i did this together we were sitting down we would read and we would do this but like, yeah one day we'll be real estate investors like one day we'll we'll have the nice cars we'll have the nice house right and we'll do whatever we want to do with the money right and then one day he was just like dude you want to start a podcast this is during COVID. he's like you want to start a podcast talk about real estate financial independence all that and i'm like Man, I'm like, dude, we don't have any real estate. We kind of know what we're talking about. Kind but sure, let's do it. Yeah, so yeah. We did it. And that was the first thing that proved we could do whatever we wanted to do. And it scaled up to where it has now. We're in deals with people that we were reading their books, right? It's just like the so coolest thing ever yeah. to have like full circle moments. You're one of your, uh, well, not he's not really local, but Brandon, right? Like, have yep. him on the show. We're like, are you kidding me? Chat yeah, Coach yeah. Carson. We just, it blew our minds and certain things. So for me, I would just be, I just say ready, fire, aim. Don't worry about imposter syndrome. There's always people that are faking it till they make it. Dude, you have value in your story. It's unique. Tell it. People, someone's going to latch to it and yeah. thank you for it. And maybe that's taking a couple of DMs of people saying like, thanks for what you guys do. I'm sure you guys yeah. get these all the time. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait, you're listening to me. This is the weirdest thing yeah. ever. Yeah. So um, it's cool. I know we've all Love been that. through similar things, but that, that would be my, my advice to myself back at, at 18, there, there's a, Love. amongst the bunch, I don't know if I'd listen, but that's what I'd yeah. say. Yeah, right. Same. I wish. Love For it. real estate now. That's yeah. Oh my God. That's what most people say, but we like yeah. more the philosophical answer. Read Reset yeah, Board yeah, Avenue yeah. too. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right, Get right, best right. in real estate yeah, when happen. you're six and a half. But um, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to, to get to know you. I know we've been, uh, we re- I, I think for 
several years we've been following mm-hmm. each other um yep. and it's it's awesome to get to know the people behind the the yeah. screen um if people want to learn more about you they want to potentially invest in deals with you they want to follow you they want to network what's the best way for people to get in touch at Kamohai and Tristan on all social media platforms. Yeah, DM on Instagram is probably the easiest. Um, we we check that constantly. We're still in control of that. So if you want to talk to us, DM. But then at Kamohai and Tristan, YouTube, TikTok, all the things. Yeah. Cool. We'll make sure to link it in the show notes for all you guys uh, that are listening or you might be driving. And uh, you can get connected right away. Kamohai, Tristan, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I know we're going to stay in touch. So thanks for coming yeah, on. For yeah, for sure. Thanks, right on, guys. you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Weekly Juice Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and share with friends. The more ratings we get, the more ears we'll get on our show. And in turn, we'll be able to provide you with more high-quality guests. You can also find us on Instagram at Weekly Juice Pod, where we post daily tips and tricks and document our own journey towards financial freedom. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday to get your weekly juice.